Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. I want to extend a special thank you to Chris Yao for filling in for me last week. Today is Monday, July 24th, and now we start with local news. The Murray County School Board was unable to finalize its decision on whether to approve or deny the ongoing debate about whether to allow the establishment of an American Classical Academy charter school in Murray County. The item, which was discussed as part of a special called meeting last week, will now reappear on another agenda for another special called meeting starting at 5 p.m. on Thursday, July 27th. The board called an additional meeting due to the board not being able to generate enough votes to approve or deny the proposal, each of which requires six votes. Two board members, District 7 board member Will Sims and District 10 board member Wayne Lindsay, were also not present to cast their votes. Both previously denied the charter's application when the item was last considered in April, when it failed by a narrow 6-5 to five vote. If the board cannot reach a decision this week, the item will approve by default July 30th, 60 days following the application's May 30th resubmittal. The ACA is overseen by umbrella company American Classical Education, or ACE, which is looking to open additional charter schools in other Middle Tennessee counties, such as Williamson, Rutherford, and Montgomery and Madison County in West Tennessee. Most recently, the charter was approved in Rutherford County in April, while the Clarksville-Montgomery school system voted to disapprove. Tuesday's meeting began with 20 minutes of public debate with citizens in favor or against the proposal, each allowed 10 minutes to plead their case. The opposing side argued multiple potential issues the charter school poses if approved, including its potential effect on local taxpayers. There were also concerns regarding the school's values regarding inclusivity and that the school would only be welcome to a select number of children. There were also issues regarding the organization itself, which is not operated via a nonprofit, but the ACE Educational Management Organization, or EMO. The EMO is not a nonprofit, and so I'd kind of like to know where the money is going, Jackie Lightfoot Marshall, one concerned citizen, said. The history curriculum, which I've read over, is just wrong. It's whitewashing and doesn't cover all of history, she said. Former Vice Mayor Krista Martin was also opposed to the charter school. She addressed how the school could affect taxpayers and that there are important questions still lingering to be answered. The people of Murray County who are paying for Murray County schools, the taxpayers, deserve answers, Martin said. How will we build and operate a school for some students, and where will the school be built? How many buses will you have to buy and drivers will you have to hire to drive students from all across this big county to get to wherever this school is being built, she asked. For those in favor, they saw it as an opportunity to not only address the needs of children with special needs such as autism and provide the kind of care unavailable to some families currently. No one is saying the charter school is the right thing for every family, but charter schools offer something we all can agree on, and that's choice. Murray County Commissioner Gabe Howard said, The idea to introduce a new school to our education landscape is not a decision to be taken lightly. However, it's important to remember that the approval of this charter school does not in any way signify relinquishment of control. The Murray County School Board retains the power to oversee the operation of this charter school and, if necessary, revoke its charter. Therefore, the risk is minimal, while the potential benefits are significant, he said. 
In the end, school board chairman Michael Fulbright noted that despite the differing views from citizens, as well as members of the board, they all share the common goal of simply wanting the best for the community's children. I believe every person in here, in their heart, wants the best for the children and families of Murray County, Fulbright said. We can talk about our differences and our divisions, but we are united in that belief. Undoubtedly, we all have different views on how that can be accomplished, he said. Once discussion returned to board members, the difference of opinion and which side to support was as divided as the citizen comments. For some, like District 11 board member Jackson Carter, approving the proposed charter would be beneficial for a number of reasons. For example, the county would retain authority over the charter rather than it becoming the responsibility of the state pending a denial. If we turn this down tonight, ACE has every right to appeal to the state, and I'm led to believe that they probably will, Carter said. When that happens, there will be a hearing in Murray County, and we will have to state objective reasons for our denial. And it can't be ideological. It has to be based on objective reasons, he said. Those who opposed, like District 3 board member Jamila Brown, argued that the charter would be a burden on the taxpayers not benefiting from its services. As an elected official, our job is to be there for our community, our students, the parents and teachers, and we have heard from numerous people in this community that they do not want this charter school, Brown said. It's our job to listen to our community, and if it goes to the state, then so what? That's how I look at it, and if it goes to the state, it's going to open a can of worms that some of you all don't want to be opened, she said. A vote to approve was initially motioned by Carter and seconded by District 8 board member Austin Hooper, which resulted in a majority 5-4 to four vote. However, according to stipulations of the application, the vote would require six votes either in favor or denial to become official. Unable to reach a definitive conclusion, the only other option was to hold another special called meeting. Obviously, I didn't make it any secret that I want this thing approved, but I also don't want to play political games to make it happen, Fulbright said. It's the right thing to do for Will, for Mr. Lindsay, and everybody in the county, he said. The school board will revisit the ACA charter school proposal starting at 5 p.m. on Thursday, July 27th. Some Columbia leaders and elected officials are defending Jason Aldean's new song, Try That in a Small Town, while it has met criticism by some, such as Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder, who hopes for a more positive message using Columbia as a backdrop. Country Music Television pulled the video, which was filmed in front of the historic Murray County Courthouse. Although some have criticized the song and video on a national level, saying it has racist undertones, locally elected leaders such as the county mayor and district attorney maintain they support the small-town message conveyed in the song. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder commented on the song on social media, stating, I respect the artist's freedom of his own lyrics and the fans who support him, but I'm hopeful that the next music video that uses our historic downtown as a backdrop will seek a more positive message. Like many small towns in America, Columbia, Tennessee is focused on bringing people together. Maybe Eric or Luke or Carrie or Dolly will be the next to record a video in our small town, and they can highlight peace, love, and all things that are great about Columbia, Tennessee, the mayor said. Caliente Glenn, vice president of the Murray County NAACP chapter, gave a statement in response to the video. Music, freedom of speech, and expression go hand in hand. I do hope that any time our beautiful city of Columbia is represented on a national platform, it shows our small town southern hospitality, unity, and why we continue to grow together as one. That's the small town I believe in, Glenn said. 
Murray County Mayor Sheila Budd and District Attorney Brent Cooper argue the video depicts small-town residents banding together instead of inciting violence, as some have claimed. I've spent over 20 years seeking justice in that building behind Mr. Aldine, Cooper said. I'm proud to say that in those 20-plus years, the justice sought there has always been sought based on facts and law and not race. Every small town has a past that has dark periods, but I'm proud to say that this small town has changed and grown and is one to be proud of. That's one reason people from all over our country are flocking here. As district attorney for the small town where this video was filmed, I support the message of the song. I support the location of the video shoot. Lawlessness and violence are not welcomed here. That's not a controversial message. It's sad that some won't let the past go, he said. Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt backed Cooper on social media. My office is in the courthouse in downtown Columbia, Mayor Butt said on her mayoral Facebook page. I plan to keep it there when the new judicial center is built. Since I have been in office, we have posted several wonderful events there, and it has been the focal point of many good, wholesome community events, she said. The video focusing on the courthouse is interspersed with news footage depicting violent crimes committed in larger cities like New York, Chicago, or Atlanta during the pandemic and during protests after the killing of George Floyd. Upon its release last week, the video's subject matter and filming location sparked controversy, with some questioning whether the message could be considered racist or containing racial undertones. Aldine released a statement pushing back against the criticisms regarding the intent of the video. Monty Sneed, chairman of the Columbia Main Street Association, said he's honored Columbia is the location of the video, calling the courthouse square the county's front porch, where people like to spend time, tour, and take photos. Jason Aldean lives close by and honored us by recording his video on our courthouse square. It is a video about small-town values and strikes a chord with almost everyone with which I visit, Sneed said. He explained the square continues to attract visitors to Columbia because of its small-town character, especially highlighting, highlighted during the pandemic when the county stayed free with open businesses, a county fair, and no mask mandate. It's more of a rural versus urban message, he said. During the pandemic, people would walk around and say, it's wonderful to be free. We stayed here. We stayed free during COVID. People from Nashville, Franklin, and Huntsville would come down and visit our downtown. That's what put us on the map beyond a 60-mile radius. The video was not about race, he said. Michael Fulbright, longtime resident and chairman of the Murray County School Board, explained his first reaction to the video. When I first heard it, I didn't see anything racist or hate-related, he said. I looked at it as pride in our community for all people. Everybody in a small town bands together, he said. Altium Cells, GM, and LG's joint venture EV Battery Manufacturing Company revealed its talent acquisition strategy for operating its 2.8 million square foot plant. Needing a total employee count of 1,700 people when fully staffed, Altium Cells will emphasize building long-term relationships with rural and often economically disadvantaged communities in the south, east, and west of its factory. For communities like Centerville, Mount Pleasant, Summertown, and Lewisburg, where nearby economic and career opportunities have been scarce, the relatively short commute is a welcome development. According to 2022 data from the Economic Innovation Group, the Altium Cells facility is within a 45-minute drive of seven, quote, at-risk zip codes and under one hour from two, quote, distressed zip codes. Fortunately, Tennessee has been proactive in developing the educational infrastructure and talent Altium Cells needs to operate, said plant director Chris DeSottles. 
Citing the expansion of vocational and community college access, DeSottles believes Altium Cells can help spread the community, spread the opportunity rather, of Tennessee's thriving EV economy to economically disadvantaged parts of the state. We hope to employ team members wherever they are in their educational journey, DeSottles said, before referencing the company's tuition reimbursement program that allows employees to pursue their education while working at the plant. To make the strategy work, Altium Cells has been taking an in-person approach to talent acquisition, reaching out to local chambers of commerce, attending community events, volunteering with local organizations, and hosting multiple job fairs. It's definitely more challenging to generate interest organically, DeSottle says, but we want to be a community partner as well as an economic driver, and that requires building long-term relationships with our neighbors. Interested job seekers can find career opportunities at the company's website at www.altiumcell.com. Altium Cells is a joint venture between General Motors and LG Energy Solution that will mass-produce Altium battery cells to advance the push for a zero-emissions all-electric future. Altium Cells will provide battery cell capacity to support GM's North American electric vehicle assembly capacity of more than 1 million units by mid-decade, while supporting GM plants to supply other automotive companies and other industries including rail, aerospace, heavy trucking, and marine customers. For more information about Altium Cells, please visit www.altiumcell.com. A team from Mount Pleasant Middle School made up of Tristan Stewart and DJ Johnson III finished third in this past weekend's Junior Bass Fishing National Championship at Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. 123 teams competed at the championships from 32 states. Johnson III and Stewart represented the Mount Pleasant Junior Bass Team. The Mount Pleasant team led after day one of the two-day championship, catching fish that weighed 11 pounds and one ounce. The teams had a limit of three fish to catch each day. For their third-place finish, the team took home $500 in scholarship money. The Wired Mastermind Group is now accepting applications to participate. The Wired Mastermind Group was launched in 2021 by Murray Alliance and the Spring Hill Chamber for local entrepreneurs and CEOs. This exclusive group is limited to 10 local entrepreneurs and CEOs who are selected through an application process. The purpose of the group is to foster growth and development through the sharing of experiences, lessons learned, and game-changing moments. This environment will allow each participant to showcase their expertise while also developing additional skill sets showcased by the other participants. If you are ready to connect with like-minded individuals locally and are looking for growth opportunities by learning in a peer-to-peer environment and contributing to the growth of other businesses, then this is an opportunity you will want to take advantage of. Visit www.murrayalliance.com forward slash wired for more information. The deadline to apply is July 28th. The Columbia State Community College Foundation recently established a new nursing scholarship endowment in honor of Nancy Coughlin. Thomas Coughlin created the endowed scholarship in memory and honor of his wife, Nancy Johnson Coughlin. Mrs. Coughlin was born in Hickman County, but raised in Santa Fe and Columbia, where she eventually graduated from Central High School. After completing post-secondary training, she worked as a registered nurse for 30 years and was very active in the community. We thank Mr. Coughlin for honoring his wife's memory by helping students that want to become nurses, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. By so doing, many people in our communities will be helped. 
Columbia State's health sciences programs are strong and skilled. Caring nurses are needed, she said. The scholarship will assist Columbia State students from Murray or Hickman counties that have been accepted into the nursing program. The Columbia State Foundation is a 501c3 organization that supports and partners with the college to positively impact student success and the communities in which it serves. Columbia State Community College will host virtual and in-person Tennessee Reconnect information sessions during the months of July and August. Tennessee Reconnect is a last-dollar scholarship that provides free tuition for adults to attend a community college. The initiative is designed to help adults enter college to gain new skills, advance in the workplace, and fulfill lifelong dreams of completing a degree or credential. We are thankful to be able to provide the local community with easy access to information about Tennessee Reconnect by hosting information sessions, said Joni Allison, Columbia State Coordinator of Adult Student Services. Tennessee Reconnect provides a wonderful opportunity for eligible adults to retool their skills and attend Columbia State tuition-free, she said. To be eligible for Tennessee Reconnect, students must meet the following requirements, which include you should not have already earned an associate or bachelor's degree, have been a Tennessee resident for at least one year, have completed the free application for federal student aid and be determined as an independent student, be admitted to Columbia State and enroll in a degree or certificate program, and must attend at least part-time, meaning at least six credit hours. To view the full list of steps to apply or to sign up for an information session, please visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash reconnect. The next session will take place on July 24th from 6 to 7 p.m., virtually. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Mary Jane Galloway Moody, 80, retired employee of Travelers Insurance Company and a resident of Houston, Texas, died Sunday, February 12th, following a brief illness. A graveside service for Mrs. Moody will be conducted on Saturday, July 29th at 10 a.m. at Polk Memorial Gardens to lay her to rest beside her husband. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have lots of sunshine today with a high near 90 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect some passing clouds with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. The low will be 67 with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7 your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. 
And now news from around the state. More than 70,000 people donated to Tennessee Representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson this spring, with the freshman Democrats raising nearly $2 million in a matter of days following their expulsions from the Tennessee House of Representatives. Legislative Republicans expelled the duo after they mounted a gun protest, gun control protest on the House floor just a few days after the deadly shooting at the Covenant School. The expulsion proceedings sparked widespread backlash against the GOP supermajority and elevated the profiles of the two men to national levels, including an invitation to the White House. Lawmakers are banned from fundraising during legislative sessions, so the April 6th expulsions offered the two a rare window to bring in funds at the height of national interest. The two raked in hundreds of thousands of dollars within a matter of days. Jones, who was reinstated to his seat by Nashville officials on April 10th, reported nearly $959,000 flooded in from a number of small donors in the few days he was out of office. Pearson, who was reinstated by Shelby County officials on April 13th, reported bringing in more than $866,000 during his time away from the legislature. Both men face special elections to keep their seats on August 3rd. As the 2024 presidential primaries continue to heat up, top political donors in Tennessee are making their picks. Here's a sampling of who's backing who in the 2024 presidential primaries, according to each candidate's latest financial disclosures filed with the Federal Election Commission. For President Joe Biden, former Governor Phil Bredesen and his wife, Andrea Conte, have both donated to the president's re-election campaign, as have former U.S. Representative Jim Cooper of Nashville, developer Mark Deutschman, and Nashville attorney Charles Robert Bone and his wife, Sasha. Paul Neely, former publisher of the Chattanooga Times, has also donated. For Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he's backed by Betty McKee of McKee Foods, as well as Memphis real estate developer Bayard Boyle, Ballad Health CEO Alan Levine, and Joe and Jesse Baker, rather, creators of Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Brewing Company. Chris Walker, who previously served as a top advisor to Governor Bill Lee, has donated to DeSantis, and has state, as has State Senator Richard Briggs of Knoxville and Representative Gino Bolso of Brentwood. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has Stuart McWhorter, the Tennessee Economic and Community Development Commissioner, in her camp, as well as his wife, Leanne, who have each maxed out their contributions to Haley. Knoxville investor Robert Goodfriend has also donated $5,000 so far this year to the Haley campaign. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has former Governor Bill Haslam as his national co-chair of his campaign as well as several members of the Haslam family backing him. Scott also has received donations from several members of the Ingram family, including Martha Ingram, CEO of Ingram Industries, Nashville soccer club owner John Ingram, and Hank Ingram, CEO of Brownwater Spirits. Former President Donald Trump has Nashville auto magnate Lee Beeman backing him, as well as Andrew Puzder, former CEO of CKE Restaurants, the parent company of Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Humanities Tennessee announced the initial lineup of award-winning best-selling authors who will headline the 35th annual Southern Festival of Books, taking place in person at Bicentennial Mall, the Tennessee State Museum, and Tennessee State Library on October 21st and 22nd. The time-honored annual event will be open to the public from 9 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, October 21st, and 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 22nd, for panel sessions, discussions, and readings from a wide variety of genres, including fiction and nonfiction, young adult literature, poetry, science fiction, and mystery. Featured festival books will be available for purchase and can be signed by authors throughout the weekend. The festival weekend will feature appearances from approximately 150 authors, including Jefferson Cowie, Timothy Egan, Tracy Kidder, Chrissy Metz, Drew Gilpin-Faust, Ben Fountain, Mark Greeny, Gary Goleman, Miranda, I'm sorry, Megan Miranda, Ann Patchett, Mararet Renkel, and Lee Smith, among others. You can visit www.sofestofbooks.org. For more information. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOMWKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.